one quick sidebar here before we get started on the episode that I recorded. I had a little bit of a brain fart as I was going through this and kept referring to round 17 as round 16. So when you hear round 16 and the tips today, remember these are actually round 17 tips. So that was my mistake. I was, uh, well, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I, I just mentioned the wrong round there. So it is round 17 tips that you're going to be listening to now. So thanks for tuning in, folks. Hello, everyone. It's Craig Wessels from A Yank on the Footy coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm glad that you're listening. want to dive into my tips for round 16, which include one upset that I think just might happen. I think that the uh, situation is set up exactly for it. We'll see if it happens, though. Okay? So remember, folks, if you want to get in touch with me about the podcast, uh, you can uh, get on the mailing list. And uh, you can do that at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And any and every new episode that comes out, I will send out uh, directly to you as soon as it gets published, so you have it before anybody else. It's a, it's you know, if you love the show, hopefully you'll sign up for the for the uh, the mailing list. If, if you just kind of mildly like it and you want to keep up with what's going on, I do put out blog posts from time to time as well, which show up on the uh, the website as well. So it's a great great tool. Hopefully you'll go ahead and check it out. Also, if you're uh, enjoying the show, hopefully you can take a couple of minutes and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or even on my website, uh, yankonthefooty.com. These allow me the opportunity to be able to, one, with Apple, is it works into their algorithm and it lets people know that, hey, we think this show's worth listening to and it might uh, activate something that helps to move it up the charts or make it a suggestion to more and more people because, you know, let's be honest, there are tons of footy podcasts out there but there are only a handful of them that are coming from this side of the Atlantic and uh you know there's some folks doing some great work here and you know we're all figuring out ways to get our toehold in the uh into the quote-unquote marketplace if you will so if you could take a couple minutes to leave a review on Apple that'd be fantastic or on my website either way those allow me then to they, they congregate back to my website which then lets me share those on social media as well and it tells people, hey, this is a show that maybe I should check out if I haven't done so already. You know, use, using the proper hashtags, that type of thing. You know, again, uh, if you want to reach me on Twitter, you can do that at yank underscore on. Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. And if you want to shoot me an email, which I check quite often, you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And if you have any interest in doing this and you want to check out the show's podcasts, uh, buy me a coffee page and help out the show. This is a, a way it's, it's, it's kind of like Patreon in a way. It's kind of that along those lines, I'm not necessarily putting out any extra content with it at this point in time, maybe down the road, if I, you know, get a little bit further along, I'll go ahead and do that sort of thing as well. Um, but you can find that information there on my website, yankonthefooty.com. If you want to help on the show, it helps to defray the costs of, the hosting sites and the recording software that I'm using as well as the equipment that I'm using and the software that I'm using to allow me to do um, long-distance interviews as well, which, let's be honest, any interview I'm doing is going to be a long-distance interview. So, again, if you want to help out the show, that's a great way to do that. Um, You don't have to, of course, but it'd be greatly appreciated if you do, and I certainly will give you a shout-out on Twitter as well as on the episode as well when that the next episode when that happens. Now, today's episode's uh, club sponsor, if you will, or the club of the episode is the 
Core Peru Junior AFC Mighty Ruse. And this club is from Core Peru, Queensland, which is uh, in the northern part of Brisbane. And it has clubs from the Auskick level all the way through the juniors. They play their home games at Giffen Park, which is right next to Core Peru Secondary College. And the clubs are finally being able to get back out onto the grounds to compete this weekend. Of course, there have been lockdowns in Queensland and New South Wales. Those of you who, in, uh, who are in Victoria, you know all about this, as well as the other states as well. But uh, I do want to say best of luck to the Mighty Roos as they get back out on the grounds playing the game that they love. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. I know it's been a couple of weeks since you've been able to play. I will put a link to their uh, websites on Instagram as well as their uh, official website and even a link to their Facebook page if you want to check out what they've got going on as well. Now, one other piece of information that I want to dive into before I get into the tips for this round. Now, in yesterday's live episode, I mentioned to you about a great piece of artwork that I found on Twitter. I ran across this. It's a gentleman who's an, ep- uh, an Essendon supporter, and he shared a portrait that his son had created of Essendon's legendary coach, uh, Kevin Sheedy. And uh, I've traded some messages and DMs with this, with this gentleman. And uh, his son is, is autistic. He is a phenomenal artist. And I shared the dad's uh, Twitter feed on here as well, where he posted one piece of the artwork. And I, and I asked, I said, does he have anything else that he's done? Well, he sent me a link to his website as well, and I'm going to put a link to that in the uh, show notes as well, but you can find that at www.frasercampbell.art, that's F-R-A-Z-E-R-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.art. Fraser's work is is fantastic. It's thought-provoking. <coughs> Excuse me. It is, uh, it's work that makes you... Think about, like I said, of course, thought-provoking. It makes you think about what it is that, that you're seeing, what you're, what you're visualizing, and, and there's so many different interpretations. Now, there are some great portraits as well. Now, what really drew me to it, and, and, I, and as I was going through the, the, the different images that he's got posted there, there were a couple that really stuck out to me. One, me being a, uh, for those of you who don't know, For the had to get a little bit of a cough out of my system there. For those of you who don't know, I am a uh, well. My musical tastes are across the board. I can go from Frank Sinatra to Beethoven to well, some of the uh, the people that I've been listening to here lately, the the Pigram Brothers, which has been a very interesting find for me, uh, all the way up to something like uh, Slipknot or Pantera or Iron Maiden. Things of that nature. And I, I, I have these varying musical tastes. I, I love just about everything. And he had images that he had created of Ronnie James Dio, who was a phenomenal vocalist. Sang with Rainbow, sang with Black Sabbath. Was a solo artist as well before he passed away from cancer. Just a dynamic, dynamic singer. If you want, if you want a, you know, a classic metal artist, if you've listened to Black Sabbath after Ozzy Osbourne left the band, you know who exactly who I'm talking about. Same with Rainbow as well. Just a fantastic artist. Uh, Marilyn Manson portrait, which is... Marilyn Manson is disturbing in and of himself, but just some, some fascinating interpretation of what he looks like in here. Not to mention one of my favorites uh, from Pantera, Dimebag Daryl, 
who unfortunately was shot and killed right here in the state of Ohio where I live, uh, in our in our state capital down in the Columbus area. What's that been now? About 15 years ago, give or take, maybe 20 years ago now, because uh, his brother, who also passed away a couple of years ago, went on to play with the band called Hell Yeah, which is another great group as well. So, Frazier, you've got some fantastic work, sir. Young man, you should be proud of what you are creating. It's absolutely spectacular. Again, you can look at that stuff at FraserCampbell.art. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. You're def- if you are a music buff, if you're an art fan, you're going to enjoy this. So make sure you check it out because it's it's really, really some terrific stuff. So I do hope you enjoy it. Again, way to go, Fraser. Keep up the great work, okay? Um, also, if you wanted to get in touch with his dad on Twitter, is his Twitter handle is at uh, CampyLamps, C-A-M-P-Y-L-A-M-P-S. So if you wanted to pass a message along to his dad there, which he can pass along to Fraser, you could go ahead and do that, okay? So let's get into the tips for this week. And we're going to go through the games as they're going to be played this week. So we're going to start off at the Adelaide Oval with Port Adelaide hosting Melbourne. And the D's have stumbled a little bit here the last few weeks. And there are some people who are speculating, are they going to stay in the top four? I think they probably are. Okay, I think they probably are. Now, this is a kind of a monumental game. You've got Max Gone playing, I believe, game 150. Steven Motlop playing game 200 for Port Adelaide. Uh, you know, just a guy who, when he's on, he's a phenomenal player, and sometimes he will disappear from time to time. From time to time. I remember him from my first couple of years of following Geelong before he headed over to Port Adelaide. Just, you know, a pretty darn good player. So they both have their, uh, their games, you know, with the memorable events there, with the memorable numbers there. So we're going to, you know, we've got uh, Port Adelaide having dropped, or excuse me, we have Melbourne having dropped two out of three, Port Adelaide having won five out of six. So the trends are there, and they kind of indicate where this game is probably going to go. But, of course, they've got to play the game. They're being, you know, it's being played in Port Adelaide. Now you've got uh, Zach Butters coming back into the side for Port. Ben Brown is going to be running out for the Ds again yeah, Ben gets himself an opportunity for a set shot. I will wave because I'm sure he'll be running by the house, as he always does. Uh, hopefully he'll wave back. Um, now, well, the Ds are a very formidable side. And, you know, this is, this is a club that started out winning, what, first 10, 11 games of the year before they drop one? I think they're still a top-four club. They've had a little bit of a hiccup right now. Uh, but Port's going to be in front of their home crowd, and I think that their score is going to be in excess of that of the D's. See what I did there? Yeah, you're kind of rolling your eyes right now. I know. Uh, I'm going to go with Port winning this game by nine points. Okay, so I've got Port winning this one by nine. I think it's going to be a great game, though. You've got two games that, you know, you could argue are grand final previews happening this weekend. Okay. The second game this weekend, you've got Essendon and Adelaide. Now, the Bombers have dropped three out of four. The Crows, four out of five. Not exactly a barn burner on the schedule, if you will, here. Now, this still has a potential to be an exciting contest, though, because both of these clubs play some, some very fast footy, uh, especially Essendon. Essendon likes to just you know, get the ball and go. And if I was somebody who was going to place a wager, which I'm not going to be betting, but if I was, I think this is going to be a rather high-scoring contest. Okay, I, you know, I think if Essendon wants a shot at making finals this year, which it's, the, the odds are looking slimmer and slimmer, this is a game that they absolutely must win. Now, the Crows are not going to make it easy for them, though. The Crows, you know, they've battled hard in a lot of games. They've come up short. 
But this is a club that does have a lot of fight in them. They've got a lot of pride. I think it, you know, what's happened last year with them winning the Wooden Spoon and this year are things that are going to allow them to take that step next year and, and push for a spot in finals. I'm not predicting that at all, but I think they're, I think they're going to be closer to playing finals than they are to, to winning the Wooden Spoon next year, by all, by all means. Now, of course, Essendon, I did see, is going to be without uh, Dyson Heppel this week. He had some minor surgery done on his thumb, so he's going to be out. I do think the Bombers do what they do need to do to win this one, so I've got the Bombers winning this one by 11 points. So Essendon by 11 in this game. And we head back to the University of Tasmania, and Hawthorne and Fremantle are going at it. Let the transition games begin. Hawthorne has officially announced that uh, Sam Mitchell is going to be taking over as a senior coach next year. I'm sorry, in 2023. That was not intended to be a faux pas. It just turned out to be one there. So Clarko is going to be finishing out this next year. Although I have been noticing some folks in the media have been saying that maybe it's a little 50-50 that he's even there next year. Maybe they're announcing that he's going to be taking this job, you know, over in 2023, but Clarko is going to ask to leave early. Who knows what's going to happen here? This is a lot of you know, speculation, hypothesis on the part of people. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Again, I've, I've seen coaches come and go a few spots in the AFL since I've been following the game. It seems to happen more frequently with Carlton at the moment. And, you know, let's see that I think they're going to, we'll see, depending on how the next seven weeks go, it could happen there again. So since I've been following the game, Carlton's had three coaches. They might have a fourth, possibly. Do I think Clarko is going to be there next year? I have no clue. I have no clue. Okay, but you know, Fremantle dropped a game that they really needed to win last week. Okay, it's a it's a club that they they could have beaten. It's a club that maybe they should have beaten, but the Blues have been resurgent the last couple of weeks. Again, it's you know they're they're playing for pride. They're playing for spots on their list for next year, and uh, they're playing in many ways. They're playing for their their coaching staff's jobs next year as well. And let's be honest, Fremantle cannot afford to fall off the pace any more than they than they have already. This is a game that they that they must win. If they want to play finals, they have to beat Hawthorne. Okay? Hawthorne is still sitting 17th on the ladder. This is a game, if you're going to play finals, you have to win this game. So I'm going to go with Fremantle on this one. I think the Hawks are going to give them one hell of a game, though, because Hawthorne is has some pretty decent young talent out there mixed in with some of these veterans that they've got. And it's just, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how they blend together over the next couple of months. And, and how much of an input does the coach in waiting get that maybe he hasn't had up until this point? Okay. Now I did see something where, uh, one of the, the West coast players said that, uh, that if he was not on their coaching staff in 2018, they would not have won the premiership. So that was a rather rousing endorsement for, uh, I think it was Luke Shuey that said that, if I'm not mistaken. That was a rather rousing endorsement for Mitchell's position in, in getting the job with, with Hawthorne. But some of the speculation that's out there is, is still that, that Clarko is going to leave at the end of this year and is going to take up the reins in Collingwood. Who knows what's going to happen? I, I don't know. I just, it's, if you're a Hawthorne supporter, I, you know, I, I, you've had this gentleman as your coach for, I believe, 17 years now. I'm sure you have some mixed feelings about whether or not he stays with the job or whether or not he goes on to another to another position. Well, he's made the decision; he's leaving, or the decision was made; he's leaving, and he's agreed to it. Um, but again, I think Fremantle lives to fight another week here. I think Frio is going to beat uh, Hawthorne by ten points here. 
Okay. Now we head to the MCG and Carlton and the Cats. Geelong is surprisingly, when you think about having lost uh, Jeremy Cameron this past week, Mitch Duncan a few weeks before, uh, they happen to have one of the healthiest sides in the comp going into the last one third of the season. They, you know, they've got two big guns out. You got you know Mitch Duncan is out, and uh, he's likely to be out until finals. Should the Cats get there? I think they're going to get there, but yeah, I have to say that. And uh, Jeremy Cameron is going to probably be out for a month as he rests his hamstrings and gets himself ready for the run into finals. We shall see what happens there. Yeah, I wonder who they're going to bring into the side here. Do they, you know, are they going to bring in another tall to uh, to complement Tom Hawkins? Are they going to go back to having just a single tall down there like they've had before? Does Radaglia come back in? Um, you know, I would think you're going to need somebody to. You know, with Cameron out, you're gonna need somebody to maybe take out, take some of the like the, the on the ground ruck pressure off of Tom Hawkins, since he's gonna to have to pick up, you know, a, or likely to be responsible for a little bit more of the scoring than than he's had to be because Jeremy Cameron has been there as his sidekick. Do they go for a blast from the past? Do they dust off? And I and I, I mean that in the kindest way possible. You know, he's been toiling away very successfully in the VFL this year, but do they bring Josh Jenkins back up? You know, Jenkins has not gotten a game with the uh, the big club this year, as far as I know. I think he got one or two last year. But, you know, he trained last year and didn't get to play much at all. So he's he's somebody that's been down there getting quite a few goals in the VFL. Does he come back up here and have the, uh, you know, a similar success at the higher level? And I don't know what decision they're going to make there. I've not seen anything uh, revealed or any hints that have been made yet at the, at that point. Uh, yeah, so I don't know who's going to be coming in in that position, but you know Gary Rowan's going to certainly have to step up. You know Luke Dahlhouse does a lot of things out there. Doesn't seem to get the ball very much, but does tend to have some success with it. But he's going to definitely need to to get himself on the stat sheet a little bit more as well with uh, Jeremy Cameron out of there. Same with Brian Myers back in the side as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there. But you know on to Carlton. You know the, the Blues have won a couple in a row. You know they dropped their previous three. They're playing a lot better footy. This is a club that's got a lot of talent. They just have not been able to put it together for some reason or another. Now I know, and I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, I know Carlton has a rich history as a darn good footy side. It just has not been the case in the time that I've been watching the game. So it's, uh, this is going to be a competitive game. Okay. I, I think it's going to be competitive, but I think the Cats... They're beginning to gel. Now, of course, they, they lost you know a, a key component of their offense uh, last week, and he's going to be gone for a month. And you know, they've, they've kind of replaced Mitch Duncan a little bit. Uh, Quentin Narkle has come in and done a, an admirable job, and, and a lot of people have been clamoring on the message boards that, that he's got to be playing or, they're else, or else they're going to be losing him. Uh, and that's, that's a possibility. Again, I don't know the ins and outs of... Uh, of what's going on behind the scenes with regards to, to players in terms of where they may want to be going for next year. Have no clue how that's going. But I've got the Cats winning this one by 14. I think it's going to be a very competitive game, and the Cats are going to have to really work their butts off to get this win on the road. Okay, hopefully the Cats supporters get out there and, and support them. Uh, I think they're going to be allowed, what, 40,000 right now at the MCG, which is going to be nice to see the opportunity for a big noisy crowd there. Okay. Now we move on to Metricon stadium. So 
We're heading to the Gold Coast, and Brisbane is hosting St. Kilda. Now, the Saints have bounced back with a couple of wins, but uh, as I mentioned uh, last week, Tony Davis had said uh, in an interview or in a discussion a couple weeks earlier that St. Kilda is basically an extra game behind everybody else on the ladder because their percentage is so darn low. They're going to have to get a game clear of everybody else to be able to compensate for that low percentage. You know, like I said, they've been impressive these last couple games, but is it too little too late? I think it's very likely that it is. The Lions have, and I went back and I looked at this, and I remember they started out 0-2. Yeah, yeah, I know one of those games was uh, the one with the Cats. But they've won 10 of 11. They've won 10 of 11, and one could argue that they may be one of the favorites to play in the grand final this year. This may be the, one of the clubs that's playing here. Now, I think that this is a week where the Saints finally have their, their hopes dashed. I think this is going to be a crushing blow to them. I think Brisbane's going to take this contest by 16 points because it, it, Brisbane's just too good of a side. The Saints, they, they've got a lot of good things going for them, but they dug themselves such a hole so early in the season with, uh, with the, the low percentage that they happen to have. And I just think that the, uh, I think that the, uh, the Saints don't get it done here, and Brisbane goes ahead and solidifies a spot in the top four, and the Saints kind of begin to slide away, and we have maybe one less club competing for one of those last couple spots in the, in the uh, top eight. Then we move on to Mars Stadium in Ballarat, and I've heard a lot of people asking, why are they playing this game in, in Ballarat rather than, say, at uh, GMBHA Stadium in Geelong? Well, that's a fair question, I guess. Uh, but GWS is hosting Gold Coast, and uh, as I argued in yesterday's uh, live episode, I think that the Suns' win last week was the most important win in the game this year. If you haven't listened to that yet, I strongly encourage you to go back and take a listen to that. I think I laid out a halfway decent argument as to why that was important. Now, I did have some people that were commenting online, and, and I, I perfectly understand it, and I get it that that Gold Coast is, is kind of like... Uh, you know, trying to have success in Gold Coast is kind of like trying to push a rope or putting toothpaste back into a tube. It's just not likely to be happening. And that's unfortunate, you know, because these young kids are, are starting to gel a little bit here together. Um, are they going to be able to carry that success from their big win last week into Ballarat? You know, if you look at the Giants, they've only gone two wins, two losses, and a draw in the last five rounds. So they haven't exactly lit the scoreboard up. They haven't exactly flown up the ladder, but they've, they've had so many of the other clubs around them have stumbled that they've managed to climb into the top eight while playing basically 500 football. They've been breaking even, and they managed to move up a couple of spots because everybody else has played below 500. So have the Giants earned that spot in the eight? Yeah, I guess you could say they have, but it's, uh, they're there, but you know, are they going to stay there? You know, the, the Giants are a rather healthy club. The Suns have got to be coming into this with a lot of confidence. Okay, they knocked off the defending premiers. Again, if you happen to have been living under a rock, the Gold Coast Suns beat the defending premiers, the Richmond Tigers. Gold Coast beat Richmond. Yeah, I said it again. Because it's still one of those things, if you, if, unless you say it enough times, you may just not believe it. And... Uh, they're going to be coming in with a lot of confidence, and and I and maybe that carries them forward here. You know, the Suns could come out and just shock everybody, and, and you know, beat the Giants by 20, 30 points. 
I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, though. I do think the Giants are are better club than the Suns right now. I am going to go with the Giants in this game. I think it's going to be extraordinarily close. I, I won't be shocked if, if Gold Coast wins this game, quite frankly, because I think that, that confidence that they're going to be carrying from the last game into this one and the fact that they are, in many ways, they've, they've kind of been forced into a similar hub situation as last, as last year, so they've kind of had to stay together. And I think that camaraderie can do nothing but help to, to make them a more cohesive unit. So I won't be shocked if Gold Coast wins this game. I'm going to go with GWS in a very close one, though. I've got GWS winning this one by seven, okay? I don't think the – like I said, I won't be surprised if the Suns up end, end up being a giant killer this week. Yeah, 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 pun, pun not intended again there, yep. Okay, we move on to the second of the possible grand final previews this weekend. And we head off to Marvel Stadium, the Bulldogs, and the Swans. Now, the ladder leaders are back at Marvel again this week, and they've got a tall task in front of them with the Swans. The Swans just got done dismantling the Eagles. I mean, they clipped their wings, they, they plucked them, they, you know, they, uh, they gutted them, they, they, they put them in the broiler pan, and they stuck them in the oven, and co- they, whatever you want to say. They just, this is a term that I use from time to time here, and I don't know if this is a term that, that has made its way into Australia or not, but... They kicked the bat snot out of the Eagles. Okay, that's what happened. They kicked the bat snot out of them. And it's, it, I don't think I can describe it you know, any more succinctly than that. You know, the Bulldogs are going to be without Aaron Naughton, who's nursing a concussion. He's going to be out this week. The Swans, like I said, they dropped a couple of games against Hawthorne and against Port prior to this, but they came back in a big way. And we're going to talk about West Coast here in a minute. But uh, I think this is going to be a fan- fantastic contest here. And hopefully we're going to see a couple more steps on Buddy's quest to 1,000. Uh, that being said, though, I still think that the Bulldogs, even without Aaron Naughton, are going to take this contest. And I think I said it's going to be close. I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by eight points in a very closely fought and closely contested game here. So this one could go either way. I'm just going with the Bulldogs at home by eight on this one, okay? Then we get into the, uh, the game at the MCG, the second game of the weekend, I believe, at the MCG, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the second game there. Um, Richmond and the Magpies. Okay, and let's be honest, folks. The Tigers, they are teetering. They are reeling. They've got a ton of injuries. In fact, if you go and look at their injury list, and you were, you were a coach uh, of another club, and let's say that you know, all those players are healthy, and they handed the injury list of the Tigers to you, you'd say to yourself, darn, that's a pretty good starting side right there. That's, that's like a dozen of my 18 that I need to start a game right there. They have a ton of of solid players that are on the sidelines. They lost another one this past week with Basher Hooley uh, having a foot injury, which sounds like it's going to be a month to six weeks. I've heard other people say he's done for the year if they play finals. Um, fans of every other club that are in the top eight or are trying to get into the top eight have been heading out to their, their local Coles or Aldi's to buy up every single clove of garlic that they can get their hand on. I've been using the vampire reference for the last month or so about the Tigers that I've said they're not going to go away until the vampire hunter drives a stake through their heart. Okay. It's, I don't think I, yes, they're in the ninth position right now. Yes. They've lost, I think three in a row. Is the stake sharpened? Yeah, I think it is. Is it in their chest yet? No, it's not. So this vampire is still out there able to do damage. Okay able to get wins. If you look at their their fixture the rest of the way, 
Yes, they've got a lot of injuries, but they don't have a terribly tough fixture the rest of the way home. I know they've got uh, the Cats coming up here in a few weeks, and they've got one other game against a top-eight side. So I, st- I still won't be shocked if the Tigers are playing finals. I won't be. I, as, and and uh, just as easily as I say that, I, I won't be terribly shocked if they're not playing finals because of the amount of injuries they have. I mean, this may be a year where they kind of recoup, recover, crap, things didn't go our way, they get healthy and come back out and put it all together again next year and are back fighting for a top-four spot next year. That won't, that, that won't shock me at all. You know, this is a club that's going to score a lot of points, okay? You know, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of firepower out there with Rewalt, with Lynch, with Martin, with Bolton um, that can put points on the scoreboard. It's just just question as to whether or not they're going to be able to stop the other clubs. You know, the Pies, they are, you know, in week two, uh, going into week three now, of the post-Bucks era. They've dropped the first two games. Uh, they've been competitive, though, the last five weeks. If you go look at the scores of their games, they have been a competitive side. They've, they've play, I'm, I won't say they've played great footy, but they've played halfway decent footy that, that's had them in games, okay, where they've, they've had an opportunity to maybe win a game here or there, okay? Now, I, I was very tempted to take the Pies in an upset here, which I, I think could happen, but like I said, I do think that the, the Tigers have enough firepower I've got them winning this one by 13 points. I'm going to go with Richmond here by a little over two goals in this one. And we're going to get to our last game here. And we're back at Optus Stadium. And you've got West Coast hosting North Melbourne. And this brings us to our Monday night matchup. Now, how great is it to have five nights of footy this week? Well, five mornings for me, but five nights for you guys, which is how it should be. I think that's fantastic. You know, I... I don't think it's a realistic thought to, to be able to say that they should be playing every night of the week like we saw happening last year where one round ended on a Tuesday and the next round started on a Wednesday. That was fun while it lasted, but in the great grand scheme of things, I, I don't think that's necessarily doable, but I, I love this week here where we're getting five games where we, they're on at five separate times there. Of course, I'm a Cat supporter, and they're going to be on at 2.30 in the morning for me, so I'm going to have to get some sleep that night previous. They had one early game like that earlier in the year, and I sat down at 2 or two o'clock to watch the game, had my coffee. I think I watched the first 10 minutes of the game, and I woke up at halftime. I dozed off, so I had to go back and rewind what I was watching and then watch the rest of the game that way. So we've got uh, West Coast hosting North Melbourne. The Eagles, they're reeling, okay? They've dropped three out of five. This is a club that has a lot of talent, but are, are they getting old in front of us here? They are, you know, the Cats get called an older side, but if you look at the Eagles, they're, they're a little bit on the older side as well. They're, they've got some seasoned citizens there as well. Now, they did knock off Richmond a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, they also have had some ugly losses back-to-back here. They're back home, which usually works out well for them. Now, that being said, they're facing a club that, that, that I think... What, what, the way they've played does not reflect their position on the ladder. This is a club that is likely to be taking the wooden spoon. But this is also a club that has played some very decent footy over the last month. They have been competitive in games with the Giants, the Bulldogs, the Lions, and the Saints. Yeah, they've lost by a couple goals here and there. But this is a game, this is a club that is not quitting. This is a game that is going out and busting their ass, playing hard, getting themselves ready for 2022. And if they can steal a win here and there, I've talked about you know the you know the clubs like Adelaide and Hawthorne and North Melbourne and 
yeah, I guess you could say uh, the Saints yeah, almost at this point in time here. Uh, Collingwood maybe being spoilers, getting a win against a club who's hoping to play finals when they didn't think that this was going to be a club they would have to worry about. I may be completely wrong on this one, but I think that the Roos are going to find magic in a bottle this week, and they're going to find a way to sneak out of Optus Stadium with their third win of the season. I've got North Melbourne winning this one by nine points. Now, West Coast is probably going to win this one. They're going to, they're going to get themselves rallied, but they've had their butts kicked a couple of weeks in a row. If they respond to it the way that they, that they should, they'll probably win this game. But I think there's a possibility that North Melbourne is going to take this one here just because it's, it's an opportunity for them to do that. So I'm going to go with the Ruse in this game by nine points. I'm probably wrong, but I just think that's going to be what happens. Okay, so I'm going to go with North Melbourne here by nine against the West Coast Eagles at Optus Stadium. And no, my coffee cup only has coffee in it. So those are my tips for the week. My tips last week were not great. Again, ladies and gentlemen, before I wrap up here, don't forget that if you want to help out the show, you can go to the Buy Me a Coffee page of the Redbubble storefront on my website. Um, I hope that you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. If you like the show, I do ask that you stop and consider, you know, give me a, a quick review. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Um, you can leave a voicemail on my website as well. There's a message board there where you can leave comments as well there, which I will most definitely share in episodes. When I do live episodes, which I'm doing those right now on Tuesday evenings, and I'll be doing that that way for the next couple of months, um, give or take, until I start back at school in about mid-August. So about five or six weeks I'll be doing that still, and then I'll transition to where it's going to have to be on a morning basis because then I'll be at work in the uh, in the daytime once uh, the school year starts back up. So if you want to get on to one of the live episodes, I do put the links out there on my social media well in advance of that. If you get on the mailing list, I will send you a link to that so you can get the link and come right into it. Click on that. It takes you right into the live episode. But if you want to leave a voicemail for it, or if you have a message on the message board or something of that nature, you can leave me a voicemail or a message on my website at yankonthefooty.com. You can reach me to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. If you have a question or a comment, shoot me an email. I do respond to those. I, I would love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Twitter. My DMs are open. I love talking to people. Okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, hopefully you'll consider getting up on the, the email list. I'll get you added to that as soon as you sign up for it. Don't forget, folks, this is a game that we all love. You know, some of the states are starting to come out of things. It sounds like uh, New South Wales is going to be in lockdown for another week from what it sounded like. Uh, Queensland, according to what the, uh, the Corporus um, Club is doing this week, it sounds like they're going to be able to play some footy again here really soon. So treat each other well, reach out, talk to folks. You know, if you're able to get out and you've got the resources to do, uh, to do it, go out and support a local business. You know, go get that cup of coffee, go buy that, uh, that baguette, you know, get the, the paint to do your, your painting project at home, support that local business. It's, you know, I'm trying to do that here as well. We're at a point here in, in the U.S. where we've, uh, we're having a hard time finding employees We've got lots of jobs available. Now, I, I work in a, in a community that is very much a tourist area. Um, in a way, we're kind of like uh, Gold Coast is, which I think is a tourist area. Now, we don't have high-rise apartments, that sort of thing. We have 
of an amusement park with more roller coasters, more great roller coasters than any other one on the planet. And, you know, we have Lake Erie with boating and fishing. We've got these huge water parks. We've got all kinds of things going on for us here in the area where I live in Ohio. And with that comes a lot of employment opportunities for young people. Well, and even for younger people who may be out of school and, uh, you know, in transition between work and that sort of thing. Well, we've got things going on here in the States where, where people are being, have been paid some significant money to not be at work. And now when things are opening up, employers are looking for people to come to work and they can't find people to work because they're getting paid a pretty handsome wage to not be at work. So we've, we've got a lot of businesses who have not been able to reopen because they can't find employees. They've had to bump up the wages that they're paying, which has then led to an increase in cost of their product as well. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a give and take there. So it's, it's, it's a real tough situation. So, you know, support those local businesses. If you get a chance, you know, you know, in your community, that sort of thing, it, it'd be great if you do that. Now, if you've got a big business, and you want to support them by all means do that as well. Okay. I'm not, this is not my small business podcast or anything of that nature, but you probably know people who own small businesses that have been struggling over the last year, year and a half with everything going on with relations, relations to COVID. So reach out to people, talk to them, treat them decently. Okay. We're in the home stretch of the footy season. I'm excited about where this is going. I hope you are as well. Okay. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post and I will catch you later.